This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. It is time to draw a line under the mat. We will strive for the denazification of Ukraine. Let me put it to you. Yes, you If you win by one, you've won. The phone went over the side. The idea is flying migrants to the mountains. I just think everyone should be sure. What the fuck is going on? Part of the ACAS Creator Network and also available on Patreon. Hello, I'm Mark Steele. Welcome to my podcast where each week I ask the question, which incidentally has been downloaded one million times as of this week, what the fuck is going on? It's simple. We can't expect wage rises that keep up with inflation because that will cause more inflation and make us worse off. If we want to be better off, we must be paid less. Why can't these idiotic railway workers understand this simple fact? This is how the richest people become so wealthy, by being paid less. The Rothschilds insist on earning no more than £60 a week, and then they rely on food banks, and that way they end up being rich, owning two-thirds of the universe. The Queen is on minimum wage, and even if she does find a few bob in an old account, such as an ISA set up by King Edward VII, she gives it away, maybe to someone who used to know Prince Andrew. And that's how she stays rich. The candidates for the Tory leadership both agree on the importance of keeping inflation down by stopping people earning more money, but they need to go further and backdate it. For example, Shell have reported record profits of £10 billion for a three-month period. This is a 10% increase on the previous three months. It means their profits are going up 40% a year. Their board must be devastated at all the extra money they're getting because they know it's going to cause prices to go up so much the managing director is going to have to move his family into a council skip they must be so thankful that whoever becomes prime minister has promised to stop these crazy wage increases it means they'll have to give all the extra profit back rishi sunak has himself suffered from this awful plight of increased wages this year he earned so much his family made it onto the Sunday Times rich list. Oh, the Sunaks, they must have been crying. This is a disaster. Becoming this rich will make us so much worse off. We're going to have to start going to Lidl instead of Asda. And you only have to look at energy prices to see what causes the cost of living to go up. Because energy prices are set to increase by an average of £2,500 a year. So it's obvious what's caused this. Railway workers wanting an extra pound an hour so they can afford the same as they did a year ago. When a cleaner at Manchester Piccadilly Railway Station gets a wage rise, British Gas have no choice but to double their prices and their profits. But at the moment, lots of people don't seem to understand this argument. And that's why we should feel sympathy for the politicians and newspapers who are confused as to why the public doesn't seem to be able to grasp this. That's why the rail strike seems to be popular, 
No wonder the politicians are confused. In the past, it's been simple. Rail strikes have been seen by most people as infuriating. And the news has shown us all these stories of brave commuters defying the unions. So a reporter says, I'm here with Alf, a salesman who has to travel from London to Edinburgh for an important meeting about teaspoons. Well, Alf, what are you doing? They're not going to beat me. I've hired a llama and I'm going to ride it up the M6 to Glasgow and then roller skate along the M8. Ha <laughs> ha! Sod the unions! And then we'd see IT deputy manager Dennis flying in a Zeppelin that he stole from a war museum, yelling, They won't stop my spreadsheets! as he swoops across Nottingham. And then we'd hear about a man who built a gondola and paddled it through the sewers so he could arrive at 9am as usual for his job with Norwich City Council. But this time... The polls show that most people support the railway workers. On GMTV, a reporter at Leicester Station said she couldn't find any travellers who didn't support the strike, even though their lives were disrupted by it. But this has befuddled the MPs and reporters who scream, the British public are sick of these strikes, as you can tell from the number of people who come up to me saying, I don't blame them, it's a pity we aren't all on strike. It is disturbing to them as hearing that an erupting volcano is popular and 70% support the lava. So we should feel sorry for them. They're discombobulated. And they've never had to argue with a trade union leader before. So they just ask Mick Lynch, why do your members want a pay rise considering every single one of them's got their own golden hovercraft? And he just goes, none of my members has a golden hovercraft. And they go, oh, don't they? I don't know what to do now. So you can see how wage increases cause inflation, because inflation has happened even though there haven't been many wage increases over the last 10 years. In the same way, rain is caused by people putting up umbrellas. Some people might say, but we didn't have any umbrellas up until it started raining. And the sensible answer to this is, oh, shut up, you umbrellas umbrella maniac Marxist. I remember the 1970s. You couldn't do anything in those days because there was always an umbrella in the way. And then we discover that the man warning us not to use umbrellas has got a giant umbrella himself that covers the whole of Wiltshire and Dorset. It was the last ever episode of Neighbours this week and millions of people have been nostalgic about all the old cast getting together for the finale. Now, I'm not an expert on Australian soap operas, but luckily we have with us somebody who is. George Galloway. Let me put it to you, Ramsey Street. The ignominious decision to impose mass redundancies upon your noble Melbourne residents will live in infamy in the pantheon of Antipodean industrial relations. I, for one, stand in solidarity with the National Union of Australian soap opera stars and allied implausible characters in the defence of a heroic brothers and sisters such as Charlene and Mrs Mangle. The decision to axe this illustrious televisual spectacle is no doubt at the behest of Mr Biden and his imperialist cohorts who despise the philosophy that everybody needs good neighbours. Instead, they shall no doubt replace the gap in their schedules with their own show that has a signature tune 
everybody invades their neighbours with armoured tank divisions backed by stealth bombers in order to steal their oil. That's when good neighbours become good subservient puppet nations. That, neighbours, is why, in solidarity with the oppressed members of your caste, I shall not be watching the finale on catch-up and shall instead, as an act of defiance, be listening to Kylie's greatest hits, especially Can't Get You Out of My Head. Nar, nar, nar. Nar, nar. Nar, nar, nar. What the fuck is going on? Now, as anyone knows who even as a faint inkling to try and find out what the fuck is going on. You need advice from the experts, especially in this heat. You can't work things out in this heat on your own. And I am privileged to have with me Laura Smith. Hello, Laura. Hello, uh, Mark. How are you? Uh, Yeah, really good. So about this time last week, as we're saying this, we were sort of uh, fumbling about in the... Oh, that's probably the wrong phrase. We were were at the backstage at the... uh, Just Mark. (laughs) All <laughs> oh, right, now this is it. There's, there's like, there's a, there's an adult. There's an adult. What the fuck's going on? Goes on at night. It comes on after eleven. We, you know, we were sort of backstage at the uh, Latitude Festival. Indeed. Uh, which was all, all very lovely, and um, uh, yeah, I was sort of. I was, in fact, I said to Chappy as we got there, oh, I love being up here and not having to do anything and go on or anything, and I've got all day not to do anything. And then the bloke went, Mark, you couldn't go on for half hour, could you? And I uh, oh, fucking hell. Now, you, and as a comic, you're, you're stuffed then, because I could not go on, but then I'd spend all the day thinking I should have gone on. Yeah, and you, to... you asked me about it. Oh, should I go on? And then I, and then yeah. I think you asked everyone about it. And then the minute you went... <laughs> Well, I've got this 10, and I thought, oh, he yeah, wants yeah. to go on. Of course yeah. he wants to go on. <laughs> I know. You might as well. You're not, you might as well be a, a crack addict, and you've gone to a crack <laughs> festival, and you've gone, the lovely thing is, I'm not having any crack today. And then someone goes, here, I've got a pipe here that we need someone to try out. You couldn't just, oh, yeah. but that's it. It's exactly like that. So anyway, exactly. that's where we were this time last week as we're speaking now. Uh, and so, look, and what were you, what were you doing there at the comedy tent? Obviously, you were doing comedy. Well, yeah, I did. Um, I did a brilliant twenty minutes. Is what I've done, Mark. No, I yeah. was on stage. Um, on the Friday lunchtime, I was enjoying it. My comedy is very much sort of kids, eh? Uh, <laughs> what's life like? Um, and then yeah, and I really enjoyed it. And I just loved. I just love hanging out with other comedians. And um, yeah, it was it was just nice. And then because once Friday was out the way, I was there with my husband and kids. So we were sort of we were the sort of wankers with the red trolley. We were pulling them along, the spoilt little fucks. And um, <laughs> as they demanded more ice cream and more goes on the uh, helter skelter. So I hope you say that to them. Do you know what you are? <laughs> You're spoilt little fucks, aren't you? Yeah, they yes, know. You they are. know. It's implied. It's implied. <laughs> well, we've got this thing because I let them. I, I I I watch the show and they and then she my daughter come running back because my mum's got a swear jar with her. Do you know what I mean? My mum swears <laughs> right. a lot, and she's a very nice. She's a good Christian woman, my mum. But she her driving language is something else. So she was my middle one, Bonnie. She was driving driving her to school, and then she got so we've got this setup of a swear jar. So then 
she stuck behind the dustbin lorry and she just looked back at Bonnie and she went, you're going to do all right out of me here, Bon. You're going to do all right out of me. <laughs> <laughs> but then when I, so my, my first review, my chortle, not chortle, but my review, she come running backstage with my husband and she went, you owe me seven pounds. Because I'd obviously oh, swore brilliant. Luckily, That's... she don't know the word cunt or slut, so I would have been a lot more out of pocket. But <laughs> How much is it for that? I don't know. She don't know the words. <laughs> Oh well, she either in, in the future she'll come back. It'd be like it'd be like an Icer account that's <laughs> accrued over the years. Yeah, oh, we did. Oh, look at that. We didn't realise we've got a we're owed another. We've got another eighty five quid for all the cunts. <laughs> we didn't realise. Now, what uh, I don't know if you saw this, but there's um there's a, a marvellous theory, right? So, I, and, I, and this is going to sort of lead on to the thing I'm going to talk about in a minute with you, Laura, but there's a marvellous theory that um, that's going around the internet, and of course it is, that the heat wave was, was manufactured deliberately by people who have a, a climate change, an anti-climate change agenda, because there is no man-made climate change, but they want us all to, uh, I don't know, you know, invest in windmills and solar panels or whatever. So the people who do that deliberately made the heat wave by sending up planes that scattered this stuff all around Europe and it blocked out the sun so that all the heat was contained in it, if I've got the science of that right. <laughs> science in, in, in heavy yeah, yeah. inverted commas. <laughs> I, I do think... I've. I'm now really enjoying conspiracy theories because that's so bonkers. That's quite imaginative, isn't it? That's like if a child, if your kid went, oh, I've done a story, mum, about a, a walrus that learnt to talk and lives in the trees and invented yeah. bananas, you'd go, that's wonderful, darling, wouldn't yeah. you? The point is, no one knows what the fuck is going on. I mean, this is spot on no. podcast title. Well done there. Yeah. Because... We're all just helpless, aren't we? And we, we, we want to scrabble at truth in the dark, don't we? Because we don't trust anyone. We don't trust the politician. You know, this sort of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost sort of, um, you know, the sort of jolly GMTV presenters going, whoo, and where are you off to in the heatwave? I'm, what, are you joking? I'm sitting in my darkened room crying with my feet in an ice bucket. But... um. So, yeah, I think that we're sort of scrabbling for truth and then people go, I think the uh, human, a bit of human arrogance kicks in, especially for men and ego where they go, I'll tell you the real truth. I'll tell you the real truth because I heard it down a pub. And then they get to decide they're latched onto some sort of truth. And I love the fact that it is like such a convoluted science that uh, then when someone gives them science, they go, ah, you go away with your science and facts. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you go, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's amazing, isn't it? That the but there's no point in arguing. Uh, there's no point in arguing with with these people oh. at all. Uh, uh, Ellis, the lovely Ellis James, lives near me, and uh, I'll tell you, he's never been. He never gets crossed. I don't know if you know Ellis at all, but he's just. And then I put the because he lives in Crystal Palace, and there's a, there were some people outside Sainsbury's with the anti vaxy people, <laughs> and uh, he made the mistake of getting in an argument with them. <laughs> And they managed to wind him up into a frothing rage, but that's that's their job. They've they've succeeded, then, haven't they? There's no don't do that. It's like it's like don't. people like narcissists or or just liars. Some people just liars, or some people that are just determined. You can't argue with them because you're 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 on the track of reason and facts, and they've got this this track that goes like that. So you just go. I don't know how to. I don't. This ain't straight lines. I don't know how to have this discussion. 
because it is it's like a child it is like a child going no because the fairy told me and you're like i I don't know how to do this or in a relationship when there's a big row it's a bit it's a bit like a bit like that oh i suppose you know everything do you with your science (laughs) and 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 who are these where's 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 the sort of, where are the bad guys on the climate change thing? You know what I mean? Poor old Greta Thunberg, like, off on her own. Where are these kind of evil overlords trying to get us convinced of wind farms and paper straws? Do you know what I mean? Like, they're just not, are they? Like, they're they're not the baddies. I bet there is. I bet (laughs) there are people who honestly believe, you know, that Greta Fumble woman, right? I bet you, right? She's paid, in fact, I've heard this, by the paper straw industry. Yeah, yeah. She's got, she's got shares in them. She's got fucking millions yeah. in her, that fucking boat she goes around, right? Yeah. You open the bottom of that up, there's about 20 billion paper straws in there, and she's, <laughs> she's selling them. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's like um, my mate, <laughs> my mate who, who owns a boat, he's doing all right for himself, actually. He's going, I mean, paper straws, that's all just to get you to drink quickly, isn't it? That's how you just drink quickly. That's for the bars. I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, Del. Just <laughs> <laughs> to get you to drink quickly. They've, all, they've done it all, right? Over a 200-year period, right, the industrial nations have pumped all this fucking carbon into the air, right, to create like a fucking hole, right, in the ozone layer, right? And then what and then what they've done, right, is they've invented cars so we all pump shit out and they've got all cows to fucking they've fed them special farty stuff to make them shit more so that it destroys the, the, the fucking climate more and everything like that, right? And they've done all of that, right, so that the climate goes up, so that fucking... And then Attenborough, he's on it, right, and he's done a programme, right, about plastic so they can get you to fucking have paper straws so you drink lemonade quicker. Yeah. That's what it's I It's an all-bar-one, all-bar-one McDonald's conspiracy. <laughs> That's what it is. So, <laughs> Laura, what annoys you at the moment? Nothing, oh, well, <laughs> What annoys me? Well, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm going to get into a debate that I don't want to get into. But Twitter always gets on my nerves. It's daily yeah. hate, isn't it? But I, I'm so like, I don't really engage with things until I start seeing everyone tweet about it. I go, what's going on? So there's kind of this tour of comedy unleashed with various comedians, fine. And then um, Francis Foster and um, Constantine have gone like on over to Joe Rogan and started talking about this other comedy night that creates a safe space for people, like submitting material or having a sticker to let people know if you want to be spoken to or not. Comedians what is that? Them. Sorry, hey, what's yeah. that? Having a sticker? I don't get that one. Apparently, there's they've talked about on Joe Rogan the fact that there's a comedy night and uh, that is just about being a safe space. So if you attend, you can choose to wear a sticker if you don't want to be spoken to. You know, that could be a neurodivergent oh, person, right, okay. shoppers, or you know, it, you know, and and then you can submit material to make sure it's you know safe and not offensive and all that. And and you know the so Francis Foster and that sort of think, oh, this is like, oh, this is wokeness gone mad this isn't what comedy's about it's one night it's one right. open mic night yeah yeah no i do know sometimes you see articles going now we're at a state where there's a comedy club where no one's allowed to say the word kettle or something because it's <laughs> someone's upset by it and it, oh, well that, it probably is bonkers but that's yeah that is just one place you know run yeah. by a group of people who were you know who once 
had a recurring nightmare that they were attacked by a kettle. I love the fact that there are comedy clubs. <laughs> there are comedy clubs that advertise themselves. At last here, you can say what you think. You don't have to be constrained by the political correct woke brigade. And the same comics who go to all the other clubs go there and do exactly the same stuff as they do at the comedy store or anywhere else. <laughs> Except people go, yeah, they're allowed to say this here. Like everyone's got different twenties. Most people have been in the same twenty for twenty years. But the um, I've got a very right wing twenty that I only do there. (laughs) I've got a very, very, it's a really vicious anti asylum seeker stuff that I can only do that. Yeah, I love it all. That you can't say nothing. (laughs) You know what? You can't talk about immigration these days. I was watching right the Commonwealth Games, the discus throwing. Not once did they talk about immigration. It was all about <laughs> fucking how far he'd thrown his fucking stupid fucking plate thing. <laughs> Nothing. Can't mention it. You fucking you go, go on. Like- you, you go. You you try commentating on the four hundred meters hurdles, and in the middle of it, going, "Do you know how many come over here? There's fucking three more moved in at the end of my road." So, Laura, where 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 can people see you in the coming? 35 years. Coming 35 years. Well, they can see my brilliant writing in the new series of Bad Education. I've written for that. Brilliant. Um, I've got a nice sitcom in development with the boob, don't you know? But I won't say anything about that because lots of things can happen that make that won't happen. But um, what else am I doing? I am... I am, I'm, well, I'm not going up to Edinburgh, so I'm mopping up all, the, I'll probably get loads of gigs in London because no one's about to do them. So I'll be mopping all of those up. I'll probably be at the boat show and the comedy store every weekend. Um, so I don't know. But yeah, I'll be doing that. And uh, yeah, oh. I'll, I'll, I'll get a PA, I reckon, to upload my gigs. Don't you hate it when people go, oh, I'll come see you. Tell me what gigs you've got to go. So you tell them, and go, nah, I can't do any of them. Well, I don't know, Google me, you end up saying, do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, when you do a, a when when you sort of go, oh, here's a tour on social media. If you go, oh, I'm doing a tour. Here's the dates, and oh, wait about twenty seconds. Why aren't you coming to where I live? Yeah, I live in a small mountainous province of northeast Pakistan. <laughs> I notice you're not coming there. What have you got against us? <laughs> Or you get, I see loads of comedians where people go, oh, are you never going to come to Norwich? Yeah, I did three nights there last year. Did you yeah. go? No. Do you know what I mean? It's like. Yeah. But which bit of Norwich? <laughs> you always go to the east bit. Thank you very much, Laura Smith. Please go and, and see Laura wherever she's on, even though she's reticent to tell you where that is. And uh, <laughs> thank you so much for, <laughs> thank you so much for illuminating us as what the fuck is going on. I hope I helped. Once again, people hoping to get away for a summer holiday have found themselves stuck in horrendous queues at the channel ports. And this has upset some people, especially this woman who I heard on a phone-in show. Oh, I'm sick of I'm sick of it, Jeremy, sick of it. All these people queuing at Dover. Twelve hours I was stuck in that traffic jam. I only went there to check they weren't letting any foreigners in. I blame it on the French, Jeremy. Why do they have to check who's coming into their country? They should just let everyone in. But, oh, no, they want to see our passports. I said it's blue. That means you can go anywhere. Don't you watch the news? Next time I go somewhere foreign on holiday, I'll miss out France altogether. I'll drive straight to Spain. 
And I won't buy any of their smelly petrol either. I expect they put garlic in it. They put that on their snails too, and look how slow they go. No wonder they got traffic jams. Oh, I'm sick of it, Jeremy. And who do they think they are telling us it's our fault for voting for Brexit? If they didn't want us to vote for Brexit, they shouldn't have played their accordion so loud. There was a French family on our estate once. The co-op ran out of Perno and Eiffel Towers. Why can't they have proper English names like Nigel Farage? And why did we have to pay for the Channel Tunnel? Just so that the French trains can use it. Oh, nobody paid for the sea and we let their ferries use that. It's no wonder P&O had to sack all their staff and replace them with onions. Oh, but that's the EU for you. Oh, I'm sick of it, Jeremy, sick of it. Oh, what the fuck is going on? If you wish to support this podcast so that we can continue with the vital quest to find out what the fuck is going on, then please sign up to Patreon. Each week you'll get a longer ad-free version of the episode with none of the annoying adverts or even the non-annoying, I don't think there's such a thing as a non-annoying advert, uh, but that's what they're trying to do is annoy you and that will be removed from your life, at least for the for the duration of the, of the podcast. So even if you just turn the sound off and just have no adverts that will be available to you that option uh also there's extended interviews bonus sketches this week there's mike concrete the master of gently teasing out opinions and you'll get it on sunday nights unlike all the people who have to wait for the free one on monday morning by which time all manner of things might have happened such as the end of civilization or something like that and then you'll have you've missed out on it so it's not worth taking that gamble. Also, you'll get the first chance to buy tickets at a discounted price for the live shows that uh, now we're back up and running. We will be doing later in this year. So follow the link on our Twitter page or go to www.patreon.com. www.patreon.com and type in what the F is going on. And for just £4 a month, you can get all of that and help support this podcast and feel wonderful in yourself like a franciscan monk so one or two or maybe i don't know how many announcements to make there will be a whole new series of mark stills in town starting on bbc radio 4 on august the 22nd at 6 30 in the comedy slot but nobody takes any notices of times these days it's just on and you listen to it on BBC Sounds. The, the longer versions will be on BBC Sounds. We've already done one in Nottingham and one in the Isles of Scilly. And in a couple of weeks, we'll do one in Tring and then Salisbury and then Newport in South Wales. And then Paris, where there'll be a French version as well as a, an English version. And all of those will be on BBC Sounds and they will go on radio. If you want to be one of those people who still listens at 6.30 when it goes out. There's a certain charm to that, just as uh, just as there is to using a mangle uh, rather than a, a dryer of any sort. And sometimes it works like that. It, sometimes it's better like that. Uh, definitely. Nobody, nobody ever, when they were using a mangle, went, oh, no, I'm sorry, it stopped for 20 minutes because it's reconfiguring. There's a, there's, it's downloading an important update, so I'm afraid you'll have to go to work in soaking wet shirt and trousers. That never happened. So it's possible that you could stick with the old technology. Either way, uh, either way is all right. Now, uh, that, so that's, oh, I don't know what other announcements there are. I'm sure I'm doing something else. The main thing is that people have been getting in touch with us on Twitter and indeed on the Patreon account to ask for advice what the fuck is going on. For example, Adam Sear, one of our Patreon supporters, asked, what the fuck is going on with an England football team getting to a final? 
Is it coming home? Please tell me it is. Well, now, Adam, as you're one of our patron supporters, I feel a slightly, I don't really want to question you in any way, but I feel I'm going to have to. Saying what the fuck is going on with an England football team getting to a final with a sort of question mark that says, when has that ever happened before? Regardless of what you think of Gareth Southgate or any of the players, an England football team got to the last final that there was. <laughs> A year ago, I don't know uh, if it passed you by, but they did, and they lost to uh, they lost to Italy on penalties, and uh, and then a man put a firework up his ass. So uh, maybe there'll be, you know, I mean, I I I I think as a feminist, I think I call myself definitely call myself a feminist. I would like to think that women are capable of anything that men can do. And so I would very much hope that um, at least one woman puts a firework up her ass before the final on on Sunday. Uh, I, I'm really I've been tremendously excited by it. I think it's been uh, the some of the goals have been amazing. The players have been. I think England. I'm going to say this, knowing that most people listening to this will be listening to it when the when it's already. In fact, everyone will be listening to it when the results already known. I think England are going to win. That's what I reckon. Uh, and hopefully what would really, really cement women's football as a major sport, it already is as a major sport in the world, especially in this country, is that the way England win is with a dodgy goal that did or didn't go over the line, maybe because the digital thing isn't working at that particular moment. Uh, and in the end, it's proved not to have gone over the line, but England had given the goal anyway, and it's still argued about 56 years later. Here's another one. Uh, an opinion haver at Not My Views says, <laughs> this is uh, now, now that Rebecca Vardy's court action has failed, how are we going to know what the fuck is going on in the Rooney's private life? As an excellent question for people who don't know, Rebecca Vardy, who was uh, magnificently, was while during a World Cup indeed at one point, was selling stories about the behaviour of the wives, in particular of the footballers, to the son newspaper and uh, and then when Colleen Rudy said that it was her doing that then Rebecca Vardy said this damaged her reputation I think one of the things that we can say I'm yeah I'm not an expert on financial advice at all in fact I'm a disaster financially but I but this is one more if I was doing sort of money box on Radio 4 is is a little tip just to save the pennies if we were to talk about just saving those extra little pennies one little tip that I might suggest to just save a few bob. Try not, if you can help it, to spend a million pounds on paying lawyers to protect your reputation when your reputation is that not many people have heard of you and just think you're a peculiar woman who was an I'm a celebrity. And having spent a million pounds to protect your reputation, Everybody in the world now thinks you're a paranoid fucking crazy dingbat who can't even keep hold of a mobile phone without chucking it into the sea. And that way you might save those pennies that make all the difference. Here's a, here's a lovely little um, question from Johnny uh, at Johnny PXD who says, if you bumped into Ozzy Osbourne, 
supplied him full of drugs and then asked him to describe Birmingham, that would basically be the Commonwealth Games opening ceremony. <laughs> now, I watched a bit of this. I didn't watch all of it. I missed Joe Lysett, which I'm sad about because he was fantastic. But uh, <laughs> it really did look like that. Samuel Johnson, the man who wrote the first dictionary, was lots of people said he looked like Jabba the Hutt. And he did. I did think it, it was that. And uh, and it, it, to be honest, lots of it looked, bless them, as if um, the Solihull Little Theatre Company, uh, Amdram Society people, where a couple of uh, sort of local people very enthusiastically put on a panto every year. It looks as if they'd been given 35 million quid to get everyone in Birmingham to walk round in strange circles and drive cars, throw axes at each other to represent, I don't know, the sort of the founding of a nail factory in Bromsgrove in 1782 or something. It was really, really something that uh, you wouldn't want to have taken many mushrooms before you watched. This. And I can imagine that Ozzy Osbourne would, if you plied him with drugs, he would, I don't know, let's have a fucking bloke who's like Jabba the Hood, who represents the fucking Birmingham Lunar Society or something, I don't fucking know. It really did look quite uh, quite extraordinary. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right, Johnny. I hope that's helped you discover what the fuck is going on in, in all of these areas please send in your message we do look at all of them and if you're a patron subscriber we'll not only not only we'll look at it i will have it tattooed on me ass now as anybody knows if you've even thought about inquiring as to what the fuck is going on you need the voice of the you gen i don't know what generation z x all that is now it's probably gone back around the start again like with car registration numbers and it's generation a but luckily i have one of them people from one of them generations who i personally bred mr elliot Steele, who is in brighton today as you can hear from the seagulls hello Hello. And uh, are they particularly squawky at the moment? They're very squawky. Right. Well, uh, uh, they're probably trying to warn us about something. So, Elliot, this is the time of year when quite a lot of people in the world of comedy are in a panicky state because they're about to go to Edinburgh. And you and I have both been in that state before, but not this year. You're not going at all? Uh, no. You're not just don't fact. You've, you've really liked it before. I love it, bro. I think it's amazing. I think it's one of the greatest things in the world. I love doing the festival. We the, we shared a. I think you were eighteen. Eighteen, yeah. I'd have been eighteen or nineteen. Christ, because I first did it. I first did it eight years ago. Right. There was one brilliant year when I think I was only up there for a few days, and we did Mark Watson's show, and you were you were actually eighteen while you we were up there, and yeah. we both ended up doing Mark Watson's show where he did this sort of Olympics thing where me, you, and Andrew Maxwell uh, were three contestants in this in this competition uh, where we had to do all mad things like get a sleeping get someone from the audience and put them in a sleeping bag and do a sack race with them or something like that all these mad mark what's of these it was brilliant it was, and it was it started at 11 and the last task or one of the tasks was we had to steal a drink from someone in the audience and drink it all and you turned 18 at midnight and that had been announced and all the audience were uh, you you went i can't do it legally i can't do it until it's midnight and we had to wait five minutes <laughs> to do that bit of the contest so that it was legal that was a brilliant way to turn 18 as i remember yeah that was great that was a lot of fun 
And I think it was that year that you you sort of got in about two hours later each night. So the first night you got in about 10, then midnight, then two in the oh, morning. Oh, no, that was, that was the year after when I stayed with you. Right. And I would go out till five in the morning every night. But it got later and later until it was seven in the morning and then nine and then 11. Until it went right round and then you got back at a reasonable time again, but having missed a day, like, <laughs> like where the international date line is in the Pacific, you'd gone right round a day. <laughs> Yeah, I, I've had some nights up there. It's a, it's it's a lot of fun. The last time I did it, I, I was a bit more sensible, but it is because you go, you know, it's sort of like the bar there. One of the places you can drink is Abattoir, and that shuts at three, and then you go to Loft Bar. But last time I was up, I made the decision that on a week night, once once it hits three, go if you're out, go to bed. Like don't go. Don't go till five in the morning. Now, the amazing thing for anybody listening, the amazing thing, and it does happen, and this happens to everybody, when you're up there, if you go to bed, if you leave Abattoir at three and go to bed and you're in bed by 20 past three, you do get this amazing sense of righteousness that you've been really, really austere. Oh, look at me in bed by 20 past three. Well, well, it's because, like, to explain, like, it's not like a usual three. It, it, you might be doing a show at one in the morning. It's very, very plausible that you've got uh, late and live that starts at one. So you could be on stage at two, and that that's next to Loft Bar. So that's you've got to be really careful there. Um, but yeah, they there's been times where you know, oh, you're you, you know, you might I might have to go and do spank that starts at midnight, and then you're on at one. And then you get back and you're like, oh, cool, I can now have a drink with my mates. They're all around. But when it gets to three, I'll go to bed. Because you, it, the way I just explain it, it's almost like three hours ahead. So yeah, yeah, three yeah, it is. is 12 at night. That's yeah, yeah, what yeah. three is. Yeah, exactly. So it, it, it's like going to Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's exactly the same as going to Japan. That's No, that's a perfect you analogy. Can't have, you can't have the same time scale because you are, you have crossed some other da- – oh, that loft bar, was that the one where, um, oh, God, there was that scene that ought to be in a play when uh, I, I was up there with Shappy and you were trying to chat some girl up? Yeah. Oh, I do remember this. Did you tell you... a story? It's not mine to tell. Well, it is yours to tell. I, I'm not telling this story. You can tell it. I'm not going to. I think Shappy had had a drink. I should fucking hope so. <laughs> and I seem to remember she was quite concerned that uh, that that protection was used you know, with yes. regard to this girl. Because... Uh, because she said, right in front of her, she said to you, you make sure that you're responsible for the contraception, Elliot. You've got to make sure. You've absolutely got to make sure because, you know, especially, you know, because I've asked her and she's 28 and that's the sort of age where women start thinking about these things and they might, she might say, and uh, and as I, do you remember what you said very loudly in the loft bar? No. You said, Shappy, could you not talk about my sperm in front of my dad, please? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's the sort of thing that happens in Edinburgh. (laughs) It is. It is a fun (laughs) festival. So, just to finish up then, worst show you've ever seen? 
Oh, me and uh, comedian Jamali Maddox do this every year. We just go, we see flyers for things and we try to go see what's the worst thing we can do. So to anyone listening, if you ever see me and Jamali Maddox come into your show, that's not a good sign. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I'm not going to say the worst show that I've ever seen. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, I've, this is what I do, and I've done this for 35 years uh, whenever I'm up there, is at least once, usually two or three times in the festival, I, I'm at a certain spot in the festival and I just go, right, I'm going to do it now, and I just walk in a direction and I go to the next show that's on, at the next venue that's on, whatever it is, and you're not allowed to, it, you, it has to be so random. And as a result of that, I've seen some brilliant things, but I've also, and I went with my mate, Matthew Norman, who you know, we went to, a th- I said, no, no, we can't look, we can't even, uh, we, uh, ideally you're sort of outside the door and still don't know what it is you're going into. Bought tickets, and they went, oh, no, 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 don't tell me. And we went, in, this when I was with Matthew about five years ago, and we went in and it was this New Zealand puppet company doing a puppet version of Pulp fiction it was fucking amazing and they <laughs> they would sort of they had a little samuel l jackson dangling and he got tangled up with the john travolta and, <laughs> and, and he's, he's going i bring i bring down with great vengeance upon the oh, fucking hell mate this, uh, uh, let's get into character no we've done that bit you're all fucking tangled and i <laughs> and i caught matthew's eye and we got a fit of the giggles and i've never laughed at a show so much in my life so it's very well, well worth doing <laughs> caught a powder with cheese fuck it fucking get you you've all nodded no. <laughs> thank you very much for enlightening us all about edinburgh now you know now you can go up there and have a lovely time elliot Steele. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you've liked it, please rate it. And if you can be bothered, write a review. If you can't be bothered, then I'm afraid it's essential that you write a review. If there is anything at all that you think I should be finding out what the fuck is going on with it, then please send me a message on Twitter at WTF is going on pod. And we will look at every message that you send. If you'd like to become a WTF supporter and get early access to ad-free extended versions, bonus sketches, all sorts of other privileges uh, for just £4 a month, please visit our Patreon page. What the fuck is going on? was hosted by me, Mark Steele, with my guests Laura Smith and Elliot Steele. Voices by Sarah Alexander. It was written by Mark Steele and Pete Sinclair. Music by Willie Downing. It was produced by Mike Benwell. What the fuck is going on? was brought to you by WTF Productions. 